and welcome to I Think Not. No matter what you celebrate or however you celebrate, I hope that you all took some time for yourselves, for your family, your friends, those you love, or time to just decompress and treat yourself right from how exhausting the world and our life is. This is a scheduled dark week for us for the holiday week, but we have a really important conversation that we wanted to release to you this week anyway. As you all know, on our Patreon, we went back for 10 episodes of the new season of IDs Disappeared. And while we've always loved the show, we've mentioned that this last season seemed a bit incomplete, maybe a little rushed or half-assed, if you will. It just wasn't the show that we had grown to know and love and respect. One of the episodes that Joey and I both found very questionable was the disappearance of Kristen Galvan. Behind the 42 minutes of the programming is always a grieving, confused, and angry family. And this family is no different, only they really never got the law on their side. In diving a little deeper and given the opportunity to talk to Kristen's mom, Robin, we found a mother who'd become very familiar with the underbelly of Houston's Bissonette Street and the sex trafficking that is very real there. When we reached out to Mama Robin, we had several conversations with her, and she's everything you would expect of a grieving mama bear. She is hurt, she's confused, and she's pissed off. She lives every day knowing that the Houston Police Department didn't really listen to her and her daughter's story. So we listened. So today, we're releasing Kristen's story, in case you aren't on our Patreon ad-free this week, so that you can all hear the story, as well as the conversation with Mama Robin. So if you haven't listened to that episode, pause here and check your feed, listen there, and come back for this chat. We also have several calls to action and ways that you can support those trying to help find Kristen, who we lovingly call Kiki. We love you. Please enjoy this ad-free conversation with Mama Robin. Hello, amazing down bitches and listeners. We have a very special, very heartfelt treat for you. We are going to be talking to Kristen Galvan's mother, Mama Robin, all the way from Houston. Mama Robin, do you mind if we call you Mama Robin? It's a term of endearment. Sure, that's fine. I am Mama Robin, so yeah, it's fine. We love that. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just here. And with the release of the ID channel, we're getting a lot of new maybe information and just a new attention on Kristen. Yeah. And that's why we're here. I reached out to you on Facebook and I've done that for a lot of families and you never know who's going to read it because sometimes it goes to that little secret other folder. We texted for a couple minutes and I said, I'm going to be in the car for an hour. You called me right away. I think we talked for an hour. It felt like five minutes. The main thing that we're here for, we're here for you, first of all, but we just want to talk about the episode. Joey and I both felt that there were, what, problems. Yeah, (laughs) some inaccuracies. And also we just find you can't really tell somebody's story in 42 minutes. We just want to know your thoughts on the episode, where you are now. This is all for you, whatever you feel in your heart to tell us. Right. Thank you. You know, after filming these shows, I do watch them. They are very hard to relive over and over again. And with the ID channel, I had heard so many good reviews because I know some of the mothers, you know, Joanne Lewitzer, Allie missing out of Spring, Texas. Oh, yeah. I forgot. She's friends with Mama Lewitzer. What? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love Joanne. She has been a huge support for me and just her 
fight for Allie. It's been 13 years and she's still out there. She said, do the ID channel. So I did. And when I watched the show, you guys, I kind of laughed. My voice was so edited Mm -hmm. and it really just took me aback, you know, and then it became like the police bashing and they told me they were going to portray it a certain way and tell the whole story and they left some key things out. I honestly, I didn't, I couldn't finish watching it, you guys. I couldn't. So I turned it off. So I really don't know what happened after about 15 minutes of it. David Robinson said the same thing. He said he could barely get through it and he hasn't gone back to watch it. It's hard because the national exposure is so great and getting her name out there and getting people saying her name. But as a mother, I can't even imagine how that must feel to feel like it's just incomplete and not with enough heart. Right. And, you know, the feedback, I went on the Reddit website and my God. Oh, yeah, that's how I found you. I mean, my God, I was like, oh, I, I, I haven't looked at it since. I'm scared, you know. And they literally ripped me apart, ripped my husband apart. How dare they? And calling her a runaway, like Kristen was not a runaway. Y'all don't understand. She was groomed, lured, and it's all proven in court. Mm-hmm. The paperwork says it. This show has really caused a lot of pain, but I'm grateful for the national exposure. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's taken me four years, me, of fighting. And Dr. Phil, I've had whole marches for Kristen, going to every event. It's heartbreaking that they're taking away from the need for her to be found. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to give you the floor and say, first and foremost, what is the number one thing that you want to clear up from this episode? I'm sure there are several, but what comes to mind first? I can't even remember specifically the Reddit comments because they were just so horrific. Like, these are human beings out here. Absolutely. Kristen's not a prostitute. She's a 15-year-old baby, a child. I've rescued 12-year-old children from that street. Y'all, like, what? Can you share a little bit of what we talked about the other day about the work you've done on Bissonette Street, what it looks like there? Because I think it's a lot scarier than that show portrayed because you've seen it firsthand. You've been out there even on the show. You were like, I got in my Jeep, put on a bulletproof vest and I went to go find my baby. Yes. People need to realize I just went out there to look for my daughter. I never expected to find any other missing children. Ultimately, Kristen led me. I was so ignorant myself. I thought they were prostitutes too, Mm -hmm. but they're not. They have quotas to make, you guys. And these men are making billions off of trafficking. Y'all call it trafficking. It's really modern day slavery. This time it doesn't discriminate. It'll take you at any age. But going out to Houston, where I grew up, Mm -hmm. and just this whole underworld of line of cars. And so I decided to start a outreach. I saw some other organizations out there. I ended up condoms praying for the girls. I'm like, I need to get in there, get in good with these girls. And so myself, a survivor, and some other people started outreaching. And ultimately, these girls really didn't know where Kristen was, but we just began rescuing people, offering condoms, food, water, band-aids, because these girls are next to nothing. Or freedom. Yeah. So it just became like this third job I had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's horrific, you guys. 
It's horrific. And my ultimate goal is to find Kristen, but we have such a huge problem. I know you're friends with Mama Lowitzer and you guys are very close and it's just, I'm sure, a very tight knit loving club that no one would ever want to be a part of. And we'll talk more about your non-for-profit. We had talked about Latasha, who was brought up in the episode in a very confusing way. And you cleared it up for me when we spoke. So I'm hoping you can give a little bit more clarity. And the reason that I ask is because you got her back at one point. And then she was lured back out again. Do you feel like you almost found her? Explain that journey with Latasha and going to that home because the episode and even to us who we've seen every single episode of the show from the jump, it was very confusing and it looked either edited or they wanted to hide things from us. It just wasn't clear. Latasha reached out to me personally and she had this whole story on Kristen. And I really firmly believe, or in my mind, I believe that nobody could make up this story that she told us. You know what I mean? She was locked in a house with my daughter and she pointed out some birthmarks on my daughter and uh, she called her Chrissy. And she also said that my daughter could sing. And that's something that nobody else knew about Kristen. She'd sing in the shower, in the car, you know what I mean? But she never really, you know, sang out loud. Mm-hmm. And so this woman had this whole story of being locked in a house, burglar bars on the outside, burglar bars on the inside, pooping and peeing in buckets that these traffickers had pictures of us. That's how she knew who I was because she had seen a picture because when they try to control you, they use your family to stop you. What are you going to choose? You know, are you going to act up or your family's going to die? And she said that Kristen was pregnant and gave us a specific address. And so she agreed to meet up with me. And I told her, I said, I assure you, we have to go to FBI with this. And she's like, no, they're not going to believe me. I'm like, but nothing's going to be done if you don't tell them what happened. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't know anybody freely willing to go meet with the FBI if they're lying about something. But I literally went and met this woman. We drove together with my husband, of course, following behind us. And we went to FBI headquarters in Houston. Wow. Yeah. That's not in the episode. But it happened. Mm-hmm. It, it happened. And I gave her to FBI and they only let her up. And after they interviewed her, they called me pretty quickly and said that she wasn't credible. And then, you know, I spoke with her and she was very emotional. Like, I told you. Yeah. It's like, I understand. And I believe you. Constant affirmation. And I believe you. Tell me more. We believed her. My husband believed her. And this was the only logical thing. The leads in Atlanta and, and just everything. And it seemed logical to us. To me, the way they portrayed it on the show, I don't know. We didn't talk about this. It made it seem like her goal was to extort your family. Is that what you got? Yes. Like she was lying yeah. because they made her look like someone who had substance abuse disorder and it made it seem like her end game was to take advantage of you. And we have seen that on this show. A lot of people have taken advantage of us. Trust me, we get the trolls. But this woman, I wasn't threatened by her. I have a good gut feeling, or I believe I do. My intuitions, especially now, but she wasn't lying. Did the FBI explain to you why they felt she wasn't a credible source? So they said that she was just trying to get back at an ex 
And that was pretty much it. They didn't even tell me she had passed. I would check on her from time to time after that. I mean, you just can't drop somebody who's poured out their hearts to you and may know your daughter. And so I went on her page and I saw her memorial paper. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. So I texted FBI and they said, yes, we know about this. And we're waiting to get her autopsy. Wow. Explain what that felt like, because it seemed like she was the gateway to you finding Kristen, especially since she knew so many things and she sat in your car. She never asked you for anything. And when we spoke, she was very emotional, like she felt very emotionally connected to Kiki. And that just must have felt like a punch in the gut, like this was the key to everything. Right. And, you know, she's actually the only eyewitness in Kristen's case. Yeah, it was gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. And you just don't know who to believe or what to believe, especially being exposed to this world. And you just wouldn't believe the people out there who prey on our missing families. They type behind the keyboard. They don't pick up the phone and call and meet you. They don't have that much gumption. I wish somebody would. (laughs) It was just horrific and sad. Do you know definitively what happened to her? I reached out to her family and friends. There's two versions. One was that she was raped and murdered. And the other was that she had an aneurysm and passed. Did the family ever believe that she had been trafficked? Latasha. I'd never bothered the family, you guys. Got it. I never got involved with her family or reached out. Take that back. I did reach out to her mom, sending my condolences. Mm -hmm. Got it. For sure. But I let it rest. You never know what somebody's going through. From when we spoke the other day, there was also some information that you shared with me that was equal parts heartbreaking and rage inducing, even if they don't think she's credible, right? They're blowing her off because they think she's addicted to drugs. She's a sex worker, anything under the sun. In my mind, I would just think like, well, just check out what she says anyway, right? You did. You did check out some things. It is pretty upsetting what happened. Would you mind sharing that? Sure. You give me an address, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> you give me an address, I'm gone. I'm looking up who owns it. And my real, you know, I'm looking up who, what, where, when, why, and then the vicinity around that house. We've done this before. Yeah. But with this particular house, I myself was watching. I had other people watching. You never know. And literally, I was told by the FBI, if I went around that house again, that they would arrest me for interfering. I mean, what what investigations have y'all done? I've given you everything. I mean, for the convictions by private citizen, that private citizen is robbing. You know, what are we doing here? I should be able to go knock on a door. You know what I mean? So I, I backed off. I properly told law enforcement and listened to them. Which, where does your brain go? Right. It doesn't look great for them. There's a lot of things that have been said and done, in particular with the Houston PD, that did not sit right with me at all. I was just wondering, in regard to things that they got wrong on the episode, what was your experience like with the Houston PD in this case? The only contact I've really had with Harris County was when Kristen finally came forth about these men. We went to Vice, we cooperated. Kristen finally came forth and and realized what had happened to her was wrong. She wanted to move forward in her justice against these men. But it took us a while of healing for her to come to that point. And then when she went missing again, HPD, no return phone calls, nothing. You know, it became a Montgomery County case, but I was still dealing with Houston because that's where our convictions are. 
I back the blue. And to see them failing trafficked children is horrendous. We need to be held accountable. And nobody's wanting to talk about Kristen. I don't want to get you in any kind of trouble, but I don't mind getting in trouble. That seems corrupt as shit. There is no way if someone said, my baby girl is in that house, that some man in a uniform is going to say, if you look in there, I'm going to arrest you. That smells like a rat. That smells like people not doing what they're supposed to do, which is serve and protect. I actually said this in the episode. I said, if you think that every cop everywhere is playing above board and is not on the inside somehow in all aspects, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking, there's no way that those worlds can exist without people on the inside helping them. There's no possible way. Why on earth would they look at a distraught mother? Everybody's got a mother and stop her from doing what is innately in her bones. And that is protecting a child. The Houston PD should be ashamed of themselves. If anybody is listening that is from the Houston PD, there is nothing that anyone could say that would make me believe. And this was even before we spoke, Mama Robin. I thought this even before. I was like, there is no way these people have done everything because we've covered cases where the cops do. They do everything in their power. And this wasn't it. Nobody's ever even met with me. What? Ever. What? Except for FBI. When FBI stepped in, that's when I had my first meeting with anybody. I'm so sorry. That is absolutely infuriating. That is something that I will never understand. I want to ask you, as someone who's been to Bissonette Street, is there a heavy police presence there? Is there any police presence there? All right, you guys. If I sent y'all pictures of what really goes on on Bissonette Street, you would be appalled. There are police on Bissonette, or excuse me, Bissonette is currently shut down. Thanks to Kristen. Say her name out loud. Somebody. They've started putting up barricades at 11 p.m. at night to avoid that area. Because the ID channel got a drone permit. And so Houston was like, oh, no, we better do something now. Well, I've been in the mayor's office and he still didn't shut it down. It took literally Paramount to pull some drone permits for them to say, oh, let's put up some barricades. You moved it, you guys. You made it for harder for people like us who are actually trying to find these kids and people. And they've just made it harder. The police, you know, when I was out there doing outreaches, they would come around, but they wouldn't do anything, literally. And if they did, they would mess with the girls, not the buyers, not the traffickers out there running around. They would literally strip search the girls in G-strings yeah, and give them tickets. Yes, ma'am. It is horrific the way they treated these women. The girls. I've seen it firsthand. Like I said, our job, it's fine kiki. That is awful. But this is literally the front lines of human trafficking. It's dark. It's ugly. It's sad. It'll make you cry. It'll make you weak on your knees. And yeah. This is America. This isn't some third world country. This is America. And where I'm from, you don't mess with children. Right. When you had her back and you had said she had nightmares and was so distraught, obviously, 
Arian was her boyfriend. I mentioned to you, I have a girlfriend who was trafficked by her boyfriend because she didn't understand what love is. You know, if you loved me, you would do this. And obviously, we understand all of the methods of grooming. Did you ever think that because she was getting, you know, she was healing, she was doing therapy, you said, and you thought she was kind of getting her life back a little bit. And I know that you told me you caught some flack online for sending her to your grandmother's, which I totally disagree with. I mean, you need to get her out of the area. But was there any indication that she gave you? Because obviously this man was in her head and she's only 15. Was there any indication that he was back in her life at all? So no, Erin Jackson was arrested while we still had her. But it did come out in court that he had people running. And I gave that to FBI. You know, I have a few fake accounts. I'm a very attractive pimp. I'm the one who found his whole other Instagram of him pimping out girls from Harris County Jail. With his mother, we have court November 30th for Arian Jackson's mother. Right, yes. Yes, yes. I'm getting ready for trial again. This November? She already pled guilty. This will be her sentencing. And this woman is out on an ankle monitor. She's not even locked up. And you know, that is even more sick because even if somebody is scared of a man, the way a woman can endear, oh, that is sick. That's how they would groom them because the girls trust women. Yeah, of course. You trust a mom, yeah. Yeah. A mom, she's supposed to be a mom. And you know, at his trial, he blamed his childhood. Yeah, I saw that. And the judge, I quote the judge, I'm torn on what your sentence should be because of your childhood. He only got 35 years, right? What? You got 27. 30 is the minimum. These judges are handing out less than the minimum. Wow. That is so infuriating. I'm sorry about your childhood, sir. What about all of the childhoods that you have robbed people of? What about all these kids? I will never understand that. It it makes me shake, you guys. Like, it it makes me, I'm shaking. Yeah. It's sick. Y'all are ripping me apart, but look at what's going on over here in the justice system. Listen to what I'm telling you guys. I cannot believe you have never sat down with Houston PD. I can't believe that. But it is true because they framed her as a runaway and they did it on the show as well. It's counterproductive to anyone. We hear this all the time. People can go missing if they want. No, people don't do that. I wouldn't be calling the police if my child was a runaway. Right. I'd go get her. Right. I would not involve police unless something was desperately wrong and I could not do it myself. Right. I mean, honestly, you guys, I ran away at 15, 16. My childhood was great. My parents were awesome, but I just, you know, wanted to go to my stupid friend's house. I was stupid. You know, Kristen, I have her journal of her and her testimony. They literally told and drove her to Bissonette. This is what you're going to do. We're going to put you on the street. You're not going to look at any other men like this whole thing. Especially when this happened again, I was like, y'all aren't giving her an Amber Alert. She just gave testimony to not only Arian Jackson, but we have another conviction that happened back in 2021 at the state level. Of Arian? No, Gerald Jones. And that was somebody involved in Arian's ring of traffickers? Yes, they all sold her from one to the next. And he got 16 years, but it was his third probation violation on his already trafficking charges. What? Yes, I'm telling you. If you watch my YouTube, that's all in there. I do need to update it, but we just got another conviction for Arian and a female trafficker. So we have two male traffickers a female trafficker locked up, and then now the mom. But they didn't tell you all of that. 
when we were chatting the other day, you blew my mind. This is the stuff that people need to know because it's not that far fetched. People think, oh, this can't happen here or this doesn't happen in my town or this only happens in big cities. It only happens in New York or whatever. And that's not the case. It's happening everywhere. And it's such a business. You know, it's a chain of command. And again, you'll never convince me that the corruption doesn't run deep in there. There's no way. There's no way for people to thrive in this disgusting underworld without paying people off. There's no way. And those are the people that are supposed to protect you and the people who are supposed to help you find your loved ones. It has felt to me, even before we spoke, that you were kind of fighting a losing battle from the jump. Exactly. It's a never-ending and losing battle. I'm trying to find my child and get her justice, and I'm failing. You're not failing. People are failing you. You're not failing. The people who are supposed to help you are failing you. You have not failed at anything. Well, we got to help each other. I mean, it's a sick world we live in, and it's only getting worse. And it's not just my baby. It's thousands. Yeah. Those numbers, those statistics are actually staggering. I wanted to ask you, are you still working with private investigator Betty? I am. Do you want to talk a little bit about your non-for-profit? Sure. With all this happening and doing marches and joining other people, I got real tired of not being heard. And I see what the problems are. By the grace of God, I've opened my own nonprofit. I'm working with a survivor, two survivors. Uh, private investigators, and some really good people that are ready to make change. Just as a mom, I can't go in there and change the laws and do all of this. But with this organization, we as a whole can really help and make a change in human trafficking, you know, and child sex trafficking. We have no beds for these children. We have a million dog beds, but in Houston, we have zero beds for child trafficking victims. And we have about, I don't know, about 12 to 20 beds, maybe, currently for adult victims. When you say beds, are those in specific kinds of shelters or? Right. Other organizations have opened up homes and, you know, have have some beds available. Do not give your children to the government. They do have government facilities, too, that we have actually rescued children and gave them to them. And then they're just trafficking them back out. Y'all can look it up. It happened here in Texas. One of our facilities was shut down because they were actually getting the victims and re-trafficking them out. They did mention that. Yeah, private investigator Betty mentioned that on the episode. And I was like, what? Yeah, we worked so hard to get these girls. And then we're hoping to give them to safety. Literally, re-trafficking our children. It's like, no, no, you guys, no. mm -mm. We're going to make a change for Kristen. And for these victims, I assure you. So tell us how people can help you. We have a huge listenership in Texas. Is your non-for-profit accepting donations yet? This is a nationwide problem, but you're tackling it head on. So give us some calls to action that people can do either for your organization or locally where people are listening to this. People always ask me, how can I help? How can I help? Well, first and foremost, I need a lot of help finding Kristen. I do have billboards up. I've done, like I said, marches. We're actually looking into getting some cadaver dogs and actually searching by foot in some areas with some new things that have come up. There's never been a cadaver dog search. There's never been an area search for her. 
No. I tried to get, you know, EquiSearch involved as a huge Houston organization, but they do have to have law enforcement tell them to search. It's just so much. Would it help putting pressure on the Houston PD? Would people calling or emailing and putting pressure on to open her case since they never even opened it? I would say reopen, but they never actually opened it. Do you think that would be helpful? I mean, it would, but see, it's HPD, like I said, but when Kristen went missing again, it was at my mom's house in spring. So it became a Montgomery County case. Our convictions are here in Houston, and her last sighting was on Bissonette. So I firmly believe it should have been an HPD case from the start. They should have never, I don't even know how Montgomery County got it. Let them take it because it started there. So that's where her case is. If someone were to call Houston PD, they would say, no, you have to call Montgomery County to inquire. And at this point, don't call Montgomery County. Call FBI Houston because literally the lead detective, you know, I go to these sex trafficking events trying to share Kristen's flyer. You know, I'm desperate. I've thrown myself into these sex trafficking events, art festivals, whatever I can get into. And I went to one in Montgomery County. Y'all will, will not believe this. And so I was set to speak at this event. And literally, the lead detective from Kristen's case gets up there and speaks with another detective. And, you know, COVID hit. I've never met this woman, but emails, phones. I know her voice. And then she literally stands in front of the audience and talks about my daughter and says she may even be dead, that there's convictions out of Harris County. And so the audience tells her that's Kristen's mom right there. And I've never met with this woman, you guys. Wow. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened. She didn't even, hey, nice to meet you, Robin. You know, I'm so sorry about your daughter. Nice to meet you in person. Something. I'm so sorry about the emails. You know, maybe I could update you in the hallway outside, right? This woman literally picks up her bag, glares at me, and walks out. I really, this is, I I have no idea what to say. That is absurd. So that happened February 8th of 2021. So please don't call Montgomery County. We won't. We won't. No calling Montgomery County, everyone. Call off the guards. The lack of empathy, even. But you just went in front of people you don't even know and spoke about my daughter, but you can't even shake my hand. Yeah. What was that woman's name? Detective Dana Smart. Wow. She's going to get an email from me. When we spoke the other day, you said, is your non-for-profit up and running yet? It is up and running. It is. Can you tell us where people can find your non-for-profit either online or on social media? Sure. We're on Facebook as Americans Against Sex Trafficking in Care of Kristen Marie, short and sweet. We're also on YouTube with Justice for Kristen. I'm going to start doing more videos hopefully of these some of these court dates to start to get more content. We do work with missing families and try to find their loved ones. And I've already spoken at a few schools and getting into youth groups and really getting to the children as well as the adults. And the next legislative season, we're preparing to write some reform and law change for this. Please keep us updated about that. We actually have a lot of listeners that are in all kinds of walks of life, but we do have a lot of people in law. So please, everyone, join that Facebook group so that we can keep up to date. Also, Joey and I 
we'll be making a donation to your non for profit. We would like to make a thousand dollar donation in the name of the podcast. And we encourage anybody who can help financially, who has the means to also do so, because this is all coming out of your pocket, the billboards, the papering, all of that. Those are things that when you're planning a life for your family, you don't account for financially. And that's very, very real. And the fact that I don't think you ever thought you would try to become an expert in child sex trafficking and all of a sudden you're flung into this world and you are speaking and you're speaking for children and you're amazing. It's not me. I don't have the strength. It's literally God. God gave me Kristen by no mistake. She's my daughter by no mistake and I'm her mother by no mistake. And then please stop taking away from the fact that she's a baby and a child. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to find Kristen. We have all these problems with it, but my main goal is to find my baby. Yeah. That was also something on the episode. They kept saying sex trafficking. Did you notice that rather than child sex trafficking? I think it's very important not to forget because there is sex work and there are people who engage in sex work as a job and a life. And this is not that because they are not of the age of consent and they have no choice. And there are people older who also don't have a choice, but we have to recognize that there are people who choose to do that. And every time they said sex trafficking, I wanted to say child sex trafficking. This is a child. She's a baby. She just got here. Same age as my daughter. And my daughter doesn't even make her own freaking lunch. That part. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you, Mama Robin, I hope that I get to meet you one day because I'm going to give you, I ha- you can't tell. He's got the best. I've got the longest monkey arms <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. And I would love, it, with your consent, to wrap him around you and give you a big hug. He is seriously, everybody, he's the best hugger you'll ever meet. <laughs> he takes away all your worries with one big squeeze. Thank you, Joey. I wish a lot more people would just hug me. Let's just hug. Let's figure this out. What are y'all doing, Dad? Yeah. I hope to meet y'all too someday. Yeah. This doesn't stop here for sure. And I want you to reach out to us anytime there is any kind of update. And I want you guys all to join the Facebook group, learn more about this. This isn't just something we hear on TV. It really, really happens. It happens more than people realize or care to realize. And it's scary. It's scary. And I don't know how you get the strength every day to do what you do. And you've taken so much time. And even just in the conversations we've had, you've taught me so much. And I'm sure it's stuff you never even wanted to learn. No, it's not. But I believe God has a higher calling for myself and for Kristen. I always told her, you're going to save the world. I just knew it. I just, yeah. You could just look at her picture. Maybe I mean, I don't know, bias, but I always told her, you're going to change the world one day. I just didn't know this would be how. Yeah. Well, we love you so much. We do. And is there anything, any other information? We have the best listeners. You're going to get a million DMs. <laughs> so be prepared. They are the most loving people. And if there's anything else they need to know, just let us know or you can come back. Our platform is your platform and you're just you're wonderful and we love you and we want you to bring Kiki home. Right. And thank you guys for having me. If there's anything anybody wants to know, you can just ask me. I don't bite. And if you have something really to say to me, ugly, come say it to my face. Quit hiding behind these keyboards. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) I'm not some weak woman. 
I'm trying to find my child. Yeah. If you get in my way, I'm going to move you aside real quick. Yeah. This is how I know you're Southern. I'm Southern too. I'm from New Orleans and I have family in Texas, but I'm like, that's a Southerner right there. (laughs) You got a hug coming your way, Mama Robin. All right, bet. I'll hold you to that, Joey. Please do. Say the Facebook group one more time for me. Americans Against Sex Trafficking in Care of Kristen Marie. Okay. Americans Against Sex Trafficking in Care of Kristen Marie. Please join. If you do have the means, please make a donation so that this can come to some kind of an end, or at least we just make a lot of noise, especially with local legislation and local law enforcement, because without them on our side, it just will never change. We love you. We thank you for your time. Thank you. I hope that you reach out to us one day with good news. I sure will, you guys. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you. You too, darling. Love you. It's fine, Kristen. Yes. Yes. Bye, you guys. You were always on my mind. Bye.